you, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you doing this week? Jim, I'm doing pretty darn well. It's a crappy Sunday afternoon here in Wisconsin, but... Can you say crappy? <laughs> I just did. Are you allowed? I think it's okay. I thought I... Jesuits frowned on that. Well, no, there's a stronger <laughs> word that I'm avoiding, but um, my Packers, my pack just won, so uh, so I, that kind of boosts my spirits. And Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, and now we get to do a wonderful podcast, so what, what could be better? <laughs> that sounds awesome. All right. Well, that's fantastic. I am uh, also... Well, I was just going to say, thanks for asking. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... eh, We don't care about those. We'll just move on. Well, you're always in such a good mood. I just figured... Well, thank you. That's that's a whole facade for the podcast, but (laughs) it works out pretty well. Um, I'm doing okay. Jen and I, uh, we were in Arizona for about six days, and apparently... Uh, when we got back home, we found out that we were in, like, um, the most pandemic-ridden county in Ooh. Arizona. Yikes. So we're, um, you know, we're uh, quarantining ourselves for a while and making sure that we don't uh, have anything. Or That's very prudent of you. Well, we you don't, don't, don't want to see, like, my mom or her folks or anybody that it could be dangerous. It was also a little ironic that while you were in... Arizona, it was like 40 degrees, and it was 70 degrees here in uh, in our part of the, our neck it, of the woods. So. It was 70 degrees, <laughs> and I was suffering through 20 degree temperatures <laughs> and pure ice. Yes, in the Grand Canyon. Ooh. So that was uh, that that was a little grumpy. God, God's little jokes. And little joke. interesting thing about the Grand Canyon. Pan- the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, it is. Interesting thing about the Grand Canyon. What, what's interesting about it? Horrible Wi-Fi. Ah, <laughs> you yes. can't get a signal in the Grand Canyon. No, no. So, anyway, one of the few places in the country where you can actually be off the grid or something, right? Well, so. and I, I was telling the guide, it's like I, we kind of came here for the Wi-Fi. But that's all right. We got some nice pictures. We had a good time. It was good. really cold. Good for you. So what do you want to talk about this week? Well, we thought we might spend some time reflecting with our vast audience on <laughs> the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. Because this is a prayer that Jesus himself has taught us. And yet, even though we've all said the Our Father a gazillion times and we know it by heart, How often do we actually slow down and think about the words that we're saying? And so we're hoping that by the end of the podcast today, maybe uh, one part or another part of this prayer will come to life a little bit. And people might think, oh, I never thought about that angle before on the Lord's Prayer. So we'll see. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to be good. You think so? Well, I once That's heard why that you suggested it. I, I did suggest it. I did. Yes, I think it's going to be wonderful. Okay. Um, I heard once that outside of the seven sacraments, um, this is maybe the most efficacious prayer that we Catholics possess. And not just Catholics, of course, but Christians say it. Um, I mean, after all, it does come from Jesus himself. It's the prayer that he taught his disciples. So it's got to be good. Well, yeah, I I agree with you on that part. <laughs> no, but I do think we do we do say it so often and so quickly um, that that often it's, it's recited in kind of a mindless fashion, and so I think um, it's good to uh, once in a while 
just slow it down, maybe just spend some time reflecting on the various parts of it, even praying over those uh, petitions that we say in the Our Father, just to kind of let them sink in a little bit better. So anyway, that's that's kind of our hope for the podcast. All right. I'm, well, I think I said I was excited. So let's, uh, let's dive in. Let's see okay. what we got. Well... Let's see. Maybe before we look at specific parts of the prayer, we can say that um, the structure of it is basically there's like an opening salutation. We say, Our Father who art in heaven. And then after that opening, uh, there's seven different petitions. There's seven things that we ask for. And uh, in the Bible, the number seven is common, and it's it's kind of a symbolic number because it has to do with plenitude or fullness. You're using uh, a lot of big words here. Am I? I'll slide. Plenitude. And I that's think fine for me, that. but that's, uh, you know. I don't want to lose anybody words. along the way. Yeah. Uh, it's a, too but anyway, late. So, <laughs> too late. Yeah, right. We've Click. already lost everything. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. We'll have one faithful follower here somewhere. Uh, your mom will listen. My mom will listen, right? Yeah. Even if she doesn't understand everything, she'll She's still proud of us. her boy. She is. She is. So, yeah, let's just dive in and take a look at it. So, you know, we, we begin the prayer, Our Father, right? First two words, Our Father. And already we can kind of pause there and kind of think about what we're saying. So we don't say, My Father. Uh, we say, Our Father. So... It's already an indication that we're joined with the whole church, you know, that there's billions of believers around the world that are saying the same prayer every day. So it's kind of cool to think that every time we pray, well, every time we pray, period, but especially now that we're talking about this particular prayer, wherever we pray and whenever we pray the Our Father, we're stepping into kind of this river or this stream of prayer that's happening all over the earth. And another cool thing about saying our is that um, it reflects something of, of God's very nature, because God is a community, right? We believe as Christians that God is a trinity. It isn't, you know, God is not just an amorphous, nebulous God. Um, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and we're created in the image of this God. So, so our, you know, our being united and linked with all these other believers, it's like that's part of who we are. We're, we're not isolated Christians. Uh, we're in this body that we call the church. And then, of course, we say Father, right? So that's a big term right there. Uh, You know, the word Father, um, hopefully for us, conjures up um, a a positive connotation. You know, it's it's an address of trusting love. Um, And and if if God's really our Father, our Heavenly Father, that makes me a, a child of God. I'm a son or a daughter of God, and we're brothers and sisters to each other in the church because we all have the same Heavenly Father. So it kind of it kind of really says a lot about the importance what, of relationship. What do you say to people like who say, "Well, why can't we say our mother?" Yeah, exactly. So if you look in the if you look in the Bible, there are actually feminine images of God. I mean, there are right. different places where God is com- is kind of compared to a woman in various ways. So, um, but it's a good question. You know, we don't actually address God in the Christian tradition as mother. Um, Now, obviously, we need to clarify and say that God is pure spirit, so God doesn't have pattern, you know, male pattern baldness or anything like that. Um, God is not a male. But but I think the reason why we we call God, one of the reasons we call God father as opposed to mother is because um, when you think about 
a mother, she's somebody that, that carries a child in her very womb for nine months and gives birth to that child. And I think, uh, you know, there are religions that have kind of a, like a Gaia or an earth, uh, kind of a goddess image of God. And, and, and it, it can lean a little bit towards pantheism, so like God being uh, um, very much like identified with, with the creation. That, that he makes, whereas father implies a little bit more of a distance, just like a, a, an earthly dad um, is involved in the process of creation of a new child, but, but is also uh, somewhat you know, distinct from the creation, a little more separate. So anyway, I, I think one of the reasons we use father is just because we want to highlight the fact that God is transcendent and other than the creation that he makes, even though he's intimately involved in it, like any good dad would be with his own children. Um, I, th- I think uh, that also part of the imagery, I mean, we, you know, nobody's saying that God, you know, he may have, if he wants to have a gender, he can have a gender. That's up to mm-hmm. him. But I think that part of it is also um, establishing the, the imagery when, you know, we talk about uh, uh, the bride of Christ being the church. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, you know, that's, that's how that and that's how it makes sense in my head yeah yeah no that's that's a good point that we're and um, we're not women you and i aren't women but we're a part of the church so you know right and so all really all of us whether we're men or women we all have kind of a uh a receptive uh relationship to god in other words that like you said we're uh, you know, if we're, we're part of the church and the church is the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom, right. there's kind of a feminine uh, imagery there. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it can get maybe a little bit theoretical or complicated. I mean, part of it, too, is that Jesus taught us the prayer and he himself yeah. addressed his own father as Abba, literally daddy. Right. Um, Abba, that's a, remember the Swedish uh, rock? The group? From, yeah. yeah. Wow. Dancing that, queen? You think <laughs> Jesus is a fan? I don't know. I mean, well, I'm sure he was happy that a really popular rock group was named after Abba. Or, right. You know, his, his no, Abba. I'm sure. That's, that's probably what he was thinking that's, of when he was exactly. using the phrase. It's like, oh, someday there's going to be a rock group with this right, name. Right, right. And Sweden of all places. But, so, um, because we're just... Thing. Here's, oh, go ahead. No, no, no you, go go ahead. Ahead. you go ahead. Well, no, so, I was going to say, you know, another thing that can happen is people uh, might ask, well, what if my earthly dad, my earthly father was not a good father? You know, what if he was abusive or sure. absent? And, you know, then how can I relate to God as my father? And, and, I, and that's a good question, you know, and sometimes people do struggle to call God father if their own um, human experience of a dad is defective or right. abusive. I, the way I, I try to help people see it is maybe maybe to turn it around and say, it's, it's exactly or precisely in having a loving, trusting relationship with our Heavenly Father, who is really the only perfect Father out there. Um, it's by having a really good relationship with God the Father that then maybe that can bring some healing to our hearts uh, if they're wounded by by a, a, a not so good earthly dad. So, so anyway, um, and that's the key, though. I mean, that's yeah. the, the relationship part. That's the key. It's not our God, right? Uh, who's in heaven? It's no. our Father. There's a relation. There's an. It's a relational term. Yeah. It's a relational term. The other thing that I think is really interesting, and and this just bugs the crap out of me, since apparently we can say crap on this podcast. <laughs> um, when when I talk with people. And when you were talking about our father, and I, I'll, 
I'm sure we both run into people. We all run into people that'll be like, you know, my God would never do something like that. Or mm. my the Jesus I know mm-hmm. isn't going to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's not your God. Right. It's like, it's not, it's, it's not my God. It's our God. It's our yeah. Father. Yeah, exactly. That bugs me when people do that. Well, I'm glad you could get that off your chest because I don't you. want you to be. Yeah. I feel better. And then the last part of this opening kind of greeting or salutation is We've our We've only Father. spent 10 minutes on the first line. I know. See, I told you we'd be able to have a nice <laughs> nice podcast on this. It, it says, Our Father who art in heaven, who art in heaven. Now, you know, we have to think about that for a second. So does that mean that God's like only way up in heaven somewhere, you know, pie in the sky, heaven, and he's not with us here? And of course, we're not saying that. But it does highlight uh, that there is a... Uh, a distance between, you know, our Heavenly Father and us. In fact, that there's really an infinite distance when you think about it. God is so far beyond us or so perfect compared to us that there is that distance. But the cool thing is that, you know, in the Incarnation, uh, God, as it were, leaps down from heaven and, and takes on a human life and a human nature. And so, yes, God is in heaven, and that's our goal. I mean, heaven is why we were created. It's where we're all pilgrimaging, we hope, um, but that, that doesn't, it shouldn't imply that God is therefore just like nowhere to be found in our earthly experience. So, so by praying this prayer, we're kind of bridging this gap between heaven and earth, and, and we're saying that, um, you know, uh, we're bringing like eternity down in, in history and in time by praying this prayer. So anyway, so that, that whole, we could spend the whole podcast just talking about heaven, Maybe we will. Yeah. Maybe we will. There you go. But yeah. All right. Uh, any other? Is that thoughts? the whole prayer? That's the whole prayer, right there. No, no, no that's just we, the first part. We don't part. have more in there, do we? we got... Yes, we do. We've got oh, the seven okay. petitions to come. Oh, exciting! Yeah. Should we should we move into those? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, so the first thing we say after our Father who art in heaven is, "Hallowed be Thy name." Now, hallowed—that's kind of a funny term. We don't use that in ordinary common daily discourse, but um, uh, in the Bible anyway, God's name uh, symbolizes God himself. So what we're really saying is, may God be sanctified, or uh, we're kind of praising, you know, hallowed be your name, God, hallowed be thy name. We're, we're praising his name um, and, and kind of honoring him um, uh, by, by saying that his name should be kept holy. And, uh, you know, that's why one of the reasons, you know, we, we often talk about, like, sins that we can commit, one of them being um, taking the Lord's name in vain, right? So we don't want to take the name of Jesus, but we also don't want to take God's name and kind of drag it through the mud by using it as a, as a swear word. Um, um, yeah, so... I don't have much to add to that. <laughs> Let's see if I can come up with anything else. Um, well, you know, what's interesting, though, is we say holy or sanctified be your name, but the reality is that, especially today in the West, there are a lot of people, you know, I think increasing numbers of people, who don't really know the name of God. I mean, because, again, the name is a symbol, as it were, for God himself. So there's a lot of people that never invoke God's name. They never pray. They never. They don't really have God as part of their life. And so I think that's one of the things that we want to do as Christians is be able to share with other people that we know, uh, you know, relatives, friends, coworkers, why 
why we find the name of Jesus and the name of God so important to us, you know. Um, so there's maybe a little bit of a duty or responsibility there to kind of teach others about, yeah, why, why we know and love God and try to serve him. And what's interesting um, is that the people who are, you know, don't have a relationship with God or claim that God doesn't exist are perfectly fine um, using, using it as profanity. Using right. the name of Jesus Christ in, prof- right. in profane right. terms, in profane way, or right. or you know, uh, using God in a, a profane way, yeah. and they, they, like, and that's intriguing. Like they don't say, uh, you know, son of Odin. You know, it's like they get mad. Like <laughs> they don't, they don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, right. oh ball. It's just it's, right. it's, it's it's none of the other gods that they don't believe in. Right, they don't get invoked. They don't get invoked, but uh, Jesus and God get invoked. All it's I know. I think that's interesting. You know, last night my sister and I watched Fargo, which you've probably seen, right? It's up in in Minnesota. It's filmed up there, and uh, it's 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 a very dark comedy. And I hadn't seen it for well, probably decades. But uh, I have to say, while I was watching that, there were quite a few scenes where, yeah, either. God or Jesus, uh, both were were used in in very much of a you know for, to swear and, and right. to uh, condemn. And I I have to say that just when I hear that it really grates against me. I mean much more than when I was you know in high school or college because yeah when you I mean that when you think about it I mean somebody's name I mean that that is kind of who they are. I mean we you know you're Jim I'm I'm Rob you know we have a name that people use and they they call us that it's a term usually hopefully a term of endearment and love and all that and so to have somebody's name uh disrespected and especially of course when it's when it's our heavenly father or jesus christ you know that's yeah it's just very offensive and it's very sad when um when i was in college i was helping my girlfriend uh, move into a new apartment and we were carrying this really cumbersome couch uh, through the door Mm. And I apparently pushed a little bit too hard, and she like got squished between the door frame and, and the couch, and and she just yells out, you know, "Gee, damn you!" Ooh. And I and I just dropped the couch, and I'm like, "No, you, you don't cross the line there. You yeah. you do not." And she's like, "Well, I didn't mean it." I'm like, "Then don't say it. You don't get to undam me right now. Right. Otherwise, I'm not moving your couch." Yeah, so, and she was uh, she was stuck. She was stuck in there, squished against the. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, well, she came out okay though. She yeah, well, I mean, we broke up eventually, not over that, but <laughs> not over uh, that. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> no, but it's funny. I'll, you know, like a memory that will stick will stick with you because that just drives jarring. me crazy. That drives me crazy when somebody uses that phrase against me. I just right. I, I will go off on them. Yep, yeah, that was a terrible thing to do. Damn somebody. Anyway, um, is there more to be said, or should we move no, on? No, I think that? I think we can. So that's kind of the first petition. Yeah, uh, you know, may God's name be sanctified or or, or kept holy. Um, then we go on and we say, you know, Thy kingdom come. So you know, again, we could take a long time just to reflect on that on those three words, Thy kingdom come. So you know, we think about the fact that in the in the Gospels, Jesus told many, many, many parables about the kingdom. And in fact, uh, when I guess uh, St. John Paul II introduced the luminous mysteries of the rosary on Thursday. And, right. And so it's the third 
uh, mystery that's called the proclamation of the kingdom. And so, you know, again, it's something that we can ponder is like, okay, what, what is God's kingdom like? You know, what, what, uh, we have, we have a, um, a feast in the church. Uh, it's right at the end of the church year. It's coming up, uh, soon for us and it's it's the feast of christ the king and in the preface to that eucharistic prayer at mass we we, we use a bunch of adjectives to talk about the kingdom a, a kingdom of love a kingdom of justice a kingdom of peace and so forth and so when we think about god's reign or god kingdom is a more of a place idea you know god's reign is maybe more of a verb it's it, it's more about him ruling and, and guiding but um yeah, you know, we can we can reflect on what exactly is God's kingdom? What does it look like? And how am I fostering that in my own life? Am I trying to build the kingdom? Am I somehow impeding the kingdom's progress? Um, so, you know, that's we know the kingdom won't come in its fullness until Jesus returns at the end of of history. But we're we're his disciples, and we're supposed to be cooperating in building this kingdom right now. Um, well, let's get to the second half. My dog's barking outside the window. Um, let's <laughs> the second part. The second part, I think, is the intriguing part of this one. That kingdom come, like we, it's like okay. I mean, he's yeah. t- kind of running that show, but right. it's the next part that uh, um, that the next know, petition. You mean we get involved? No, the second half, isn't the second half of isn't no that, no that ne- so thy kingdom come is like that's that that that's in a of itself is a petition, right? Okay, and then and then the next the third petition is. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that yeah. the one you want to get into? Well, that's just the interactive one. Yeah. You know, yeah, whether yeah. or not what? whether or not we do anything, um, his kingdom's gonna come. Period. That's just and whether we help facilitate that or we yeah. don't, um, we we don't uh have I I don't think that we have a lot of control over it's coming. What you know, it's it's just yeah, he's our gonna job bring... to do the second part so that we can be yeah. in that kingdom. So yeah, so so say some more. Um, <laughs> I, well, the intriguing part about that one because we say it every time in in the prayer, right? But you know, if if I'm going to be honest, how many times during the day am I thinking uh, uh, your will be done? Not my, it's mostly my yeah. will yep. that mm-hmm. I want done. Sure, that's it's 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 uh, yeah. So I, you know, no, I think you're right. There's like one big battle in our life, and that's basically to surrender our will and to do God's will. And we know that that fight, you know, is a daily thing. We, like you said, we're we're very happy to kind of do what we want, and uh, even if we know that God's will is ultimately for our good and it's going to make us happy, boy, we really resist doing it, you know, in all kinds of ways. And right. And what's kind of neat about this petition is we say, "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Well, that's then you our can part. ask. Well, right, but then, but then you can ask, like, well, how is it done in heaven, right? I mean, in, in heaven, all the saints do God's will, but they do it, like, quickly, you know, perfectly, joyfully, whereas on earth, we do it kind of, you know, imperfectly, painfully. Not all, not all of us do it very well, whereas in heaven, all the saints are doing God's will. So well, like, I don't know if they're doing it quickly. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If we can say that. Well, by quickly, I mean that they're they're like they're like really responsive. They oh yeah, 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 they don't they don't resist it like we do. They aren't like, are you sure? <laughs> right, exactly. They're like they're not saying God. Um, 
Yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. No, they're, they're there really was probably a time in your life, Father, before you became a priest, <laughs> and you were feeling the calling to priesthood, and you were like, "Really? You think?" I mean, or I'm guessing you might just be like, "Nope, knew it from the beginning. I'm going to be a priest." I mean, was there a time when you were struggling with that whole thought? Yeah, I mean, I as I look back on it, is that too know, personal? No, it isn't. Um, no, for sure. I think we all struggle to kind of discover God's will in our life. And, and even as we're talking about God's will now, we're talking about it, you know, kind of in, at different levels, right? So there's like, what's God want me to do with my life as a whole? Right. Does he want me to be a priest, a, a religious? Does he want me to get married and so right. forth? So there's kind of that mega level. But then there's also doing God's will like on the moral level. So I want to, you know, I want to avoid sin and I want to do God's will in making good moral choices. So yeah, there's, there's different levels at which we're talking about the will of God. But um, but in any case, you're right. I mean, ultimately, our life should be about, you know, each and every day and you know, with well. the whole trajectory of my life, doing his will. Because ultimately, that's what's going to make us uh, fulfilled and flourishing and happy. But we don't really believe that a lot of the time. And, um, anyway, but Jesus talks about, uh, in I think it's in John's Gospel, like chapter 4, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. You right. know, so here's Jesus, I mean, God himself in the flesh, but he's always doing the will of his heavenly father. Like in the garden, you remember when he's in agony, I mean, there's part of him that, you know, he says, if this cup can pass me by, please, you know, right. but your will be done, right? Your will be done. So that's how we should be too. You know, even in the face of really difficult challenges or painful renunciations, we have to be willing to say, God, I don't really maybe like this with my feelings, with my emotions, but I want to do your will um, and trust that it's it's going to make you happy and it's going to make me happy. So, with with most of my life decisions, like where to work and do to marry and all that kind of stuff, where to live, um, mm-hmm. like the 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 guiding principle I've tried to make is. Um, do it. God asks. Go where God asks me to go, and then only whine when necessary. <laughs> and I got the third part. I'm not very good at the third part. I think yeah. the first two. I think I've done. You know, I've done it decent. Th- it's well. always been my intention. I don't know if I've always done it well, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Merton says, it's it's our desire to to do well. Hopefully, is sufficient. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally misrepresenting that, but. Um, no, but I think um, uh, I had a really profound thought. Now, it did you? Me. Yeah. What was it? Oh, it doesn't surprise I know. me. Just that if well, thank you. Um, <laughs> if we're going to do God's will, right? If we if we're really going to do it on earth as it is in heaven, then we need to be people of prayer because part of the way we discover God's will is by listening yep. to Him speak to us in prayer. But also, we need to be willing to uh, consult um, wisdom sources, be that the church's teaching or be that. Um, you know, friends and guides who, uh, you know, we think are trying to live a good, holy life. So we don't just do God's will um, in isolation or without help. And and so uh, it involves, yeah, it's sometimes a search. You know, we have to be asking the Lord for openness to his will, and we have to be kind of preparing so that when something does come, come along that requires a real discernment, uh, we're not blindsided but we're like okay i'm kind of i've been kind of preparing for this because i've been trying to do his will um all along the way you know so all right well i think i don't have much else to say on that no you did great all right well let's go on to petition number four no which is give us our daily bread we're over halfway there folks 
See, Long we only have our we, we four more petitions to. You were you were such a doubter. I want everybody listening to know that you thought we didn't think it. They, we'd be done in five but, minutes. I know, but see, there's a lot. This prayer contains a lot. It's, it's very lot. very deep. A lot to chew on, which, which isn't surprising coming from God Himself, right? Right. So. Sure. So what do you think when you hear that? When you say that, you've said it a million times. You know, give us today our daily bread. What do you What do you understand that to? Well, mean? I'm trying to do keto, so the I'm trying to stay away from the bread thing. Right? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Especially joke. like Wonder Bread isn't probably the kind of bread that well, I don't we think, want from God. That's right? I can't imagine God's handing out Wonder Bread, but no, no. But maybe if you go, what's what's that um, bread specialty bread store? The um, there's a famous uh, harvest. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> so obviously we need food for the body. Panera, right? No, I think, but I'm guessing that the bread thing is a little bit more than, you know, it's it's. I, I'm my assumption is is that Jesus is talking about everything that we need to sustain us. Like, True. Like, True. give us this day our daily bread is like, you know, also, and I'm not mentioning it, but give us. The shelter that we need, and the security that we need, and the warmth that right. we need—all of that, all, all of our of material that. and water—that would be good yes. too, right? Because, but it'd be a little awkward to keep saying, you know, give us today our daily bread and daily water and daily shelter. It would get, it right. would be a lot longer, right? So Jesus knew but that God it was kind of shorthand. Daily right. bread He's was smart. kind of shorthand. He, can figure it he out. is. Right. He is. Now, do you think it? it do you think? Uh, Jim, I'm going to ask you this as somebody with a lot of theological background, training, formation, <laughs> acumen. Um, do you believe that it only is talking about like the the material level? <laughs> You're silent. <laughs> yes, I actually do. I think that this is. Um, I think that this is in reference to. Um, what sustains us physically? Am I wrong? Okay. No, no, no. I think it definitely does, <laughs> and also it's a challenge to us because we're. Is there more? Is this a trick question? Well, a little bit. <laughs> Not a trick. I, I was just sitting. I thought I was lobbing you uh, a nice big like beach ball over the plate, but what I was getting at was there's also the 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 we talk about the Eucharist as the bread of life and oh sure. So we, so we also need food for the soul, right? Okay. So, All right. So I think you know we want. When we say give us uh, our daily bread, we're asking that more people will receive the body of Christ, and so there's maybe a maybe an ecumenical a- aspect to all this too. We want we want more Christians to be able to receive uh, the body and, and blood of Christ, or the bread, you know, the, the bread of life. He calls himself the bread of life in John six, the bread of life discourse. So yep. yeah, that's what I was thinking. So it's, I think it's like again, we're body and soul. Creatures, right? We're sure. not just material creatures. We we have a soul, and we need to nourish that too. But to go back to the material thing, or, or the, the the like you said, the food, water, shelter. I think it's a it's also an invitation for us to realize there are a lot of people still, even today in 2020, around the world, there are a lot of people that really struggle to meet their basic human needs and yep. are, are literally starving. And and we need to kind of admit our, you know, both our responsibility to care for them and and maybe even to um, own up to the fact that maybe um, some of the ways we live in the first world contribute to that injustice, you know, in other parts of the world. So I think there's a challenge in this, in this petition too. So this is the part 
<laughs> this is a really weird left turn. Um, this is the thing that always drove me crazy about Bernie Sanders. If anybody's listening who's a huge <laughs> Bernie Sanders fan, I think that's great. I think Bernie Sanders is a kind guy, and he really wants the best for the world. But he would always say um, the 1% needs to blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It's a, it, everything that was wrong with the world was right, because of the right, 1%. The 1%. Or the, the 1% of the U.S., yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about is exactly what drives me crazy with that. Because if you have enough food in your house to sustain you for more than three days, if you have any type of refrigeration system in your house to maintain that food, mm-hmm. if you have indoor water and plumbing, and if you have a roof over your head, you are in the 1% of the world. <laughs> right. I mean that's a that's a fact. That is an absolute fact. And so, you know, if Bernie if anybody is like, oh, the one percent are just like, well, okay, <laughs> let's broaden it out a little bit past the US. You're the one percent. And yeah. and and that just I don't know, that just yeah. drives me nuts. But no, that's, I hear you. And I'm not I'm not advocate I'm not a I'm not advocating a Bernie Sanders approach to solving the world's problems. All I guess what I'm just saying is that um, along with giving you know, those of us that have been blessed with a lot, along with like giving, chair, you know, to charity and trying to share, you know, what we have with people that are suffering. Um, there, there can be there. There's value in also looking deeper, uh, and saying, okay, um, are there some changes that can be made on a more like systemic level? You know, now I, I'm not saying we should adopt specific. Policies that well, I wasn't Bernie suggesting Sanders, that, but my yeah. what I was trying to support you on was was the fact that you know the more that I take for mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. you know, and there's less for it's not an infinite amount of food out in the world. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I think what you were trying to get across is like we have to be a little like he doesn't say uh, give me this day our daily bread time, you know. Oh, I see. And yeah. everybody else's is right. like just give me enough to uh, yeah. give me enough to oh. th- that I'm satisfied. So maybe, so maybe it's a in a way this petition is working against a, a certain greediness or a certain gluttony. Yeah, gluttony. Yep. Going, yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Oh. That's very good. All right. Well, how about we? Get, should we go on to the fifth one? Yes. As so. people are going to have to set this, folks. If you're still <laughs> listening, set the podcast <laughs> speed at one and a half. <laughs> And we'll get this done in a normal amount of time. We're we're at 35 minutes. We're doing okay. Yeah, okay. We'll we'll keep plowing ahead here. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So the next one is, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, I don't know, you know, again, we say this a a million times and we don't think about it at all, but think about what we're really asking there and, and the challenge of it. We're saying to God, basically, Forgive us our sins, all right? Forgive my sins, God, to the extent or to the degree that I'm willing to forgive others, you know? And it's kind of frightening to think that God would forgive us in in the measure that we forgive others because we know how often we like to uh, hold on to grudges and and be bitter and and seek revenge. And we don't, you know, we could be really hard-pressed to forgive people, even who slight us in rather minor ways. Um... So, yeah, I think this is a really, actually a really challenging petition. It's like, we can't really expect God to show us mercy and forgive our sins if we're not willing 
to do the same for others. What do you think? Well, no, I think you're right, and I think that that gets repeated a few times throughout the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, but and the, here's the stupid point that I'm hung up on is like you just said, forgive us our sins, and but then at Mass we're saying, hey, forgive us our trespasses, and then the Protestants oh, yeah, are like, our forgive us our yeah. debts. So it's like, you know, what, yeah. how to get Which, changed into get, debt. Right. And, right. Or, or, you know, anyway, that's just, that's probably, that's probably. It is funny because like, yeah, we don't say trespass in other, really in other contexts, but that's okay. I, I think it's, and even the word thy, you know, we, we do, it is a, a formula prayer and it's, it's, it's taken on a certain sort of shape in history. And so, um, yeah, it's even good just to, to realize that we're using, it's okay to use language in informal prayers that we wouldn't normally use in our, you know, daily discourse, but, um, um, do you forget where you're at? No, I'm just trying to think (laughs) if there's anything, anything else. I mean, we could just let the You don't remember the next line? Do you need some help? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I have to go back to the beginning. Our Father, (laughs) who are... God, uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass oh, against us. We're going to be longer than the po- Oh, Oh, I know, uh, I know. Lead us not episode. into temptation. Right. right. Now, that's kind of odd because we could ask, well, why would God ever lead us into temptation? Right. Like, what does that mean? Um, and, and the way I kind of understand it from some of the reading that I've done is it's not that we're, we really believe that God like deliberately is messing with us and trying to get us to try to trip us up or lead us into sin. But um, we have to recognize that actually God permits temptations for our good because the purpose of a trial or a temptation is ultimately to help us to grow, you know, like to grow in virtue and to mature basically. Like all mature love involves some form of purification and renunciation and you know transformation and sometimes that that's pretty difficult um what, what, what i'm gonna just... push back a little bit on yeah, that father go, and you go. tell me if i'm like oh i will i will don't worry uh, you probably will you usually do um i think that the way that you phrase it almost suggests that um this is something that is is of god that it's 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 allowed um, to because you know and God does allow it. You're not wrong about that, but it almost sounds like you're saying. And I just want to clarify that God can take anything and bring good out of it, even True. sin. Correct. And I think that's more of the point that because I don't want anybody to think like we're saying sitting here saying. And I that's all I heard, so I could be wrong. Well, maybe here's here's an analogy I sometimes use, like when I'm giving retreats and stuff, because I, you know, we talk about temptation and sin and its value and all that. Like, imagine, well, actually, when I was up at the up at the um, Jesuit retreat house in Minnesota for three years, during that time, I I got a membership at Lifetime Fitness, and I would go regularly and I would do some lifting, and and there was even I even bought some of these like um, less or. Um, coaching sessions with like a personal trainer and so if you think about it like when you go and you start lifting weights um, initially the the weight limit might be fairly light because you're not used to lifting weights and then as you keep lifting weights and moving around these different machines you have to keep increasing the resistance you increase the weight um, because it's precisely in having the resistance and you know you're kind of grunting and you're sweating and it's a hard it's a hard workout it's not 
it's not fun necessarily, and it's even at times a little bit painful. But you do it because um, you want to grow your physical muscles. You want to get stronger. And, and the personal trainer is there to kind of encourage you and say, you know, keep at it and one more, you know, do one more lift and blah, blah, blah. So if you think about it, like God's interested in our growth, not so much in bulking up physically, but in becoming buff, you know, like you are. But, but I'm thinking more like <laughs> our spiritual growth. He wants our soul we to get stronger. We haven't seen each other in a while. All right. <laughs> so... Uh, so God's like this personal trainer, and he's allowing us to be tempted, or we could use the word like challenged, or to face a certain trial, not because he wants to hurt us, um, not as a punishment, but just the opposite. He knows that it's in facing temptation and then resisting it with his help that we're actually going to strengthen our will, um, and we're going to grow to be holier people. So it's you know it's just like in, in our physical self, if, if we're always... Uh, laying on the couch and just being, you know, lazy, we're going to get flabby and we're going to, you know, we're not going to be happy then. And, and spiritually too, we, we need temptation because it's, we got to resist it in order, to, in order to grow. If we never faced any form of temptation, um, you know, then, yeah, there'd be nothing really to improve upon. And So Jesus should have said, lead us into temptation. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that was the original translation. We got it wrong. <laughs> well, not, it's a, well but, not, but not, no, but see, the, the thing is lead us. It's not leading us in the sense of like, like, we, you know, I don't think God so much, well, I don't know how to put this. He, I think he, like you said, I think the best language is he permits temptation. He allows it. Um, I, one thing I do, I do remember reading is the petition might be saying, don't, uh, God, don't lead us into like unnecessary temptation or in, into temptations that are going to be like way over our head, you know, because we can do that. We can bluster our way into a situation that God never intended us to face. Oh, we can rationalize anything. Yeah, I'm right, great exactly. at rationalization. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's something, Paul says something in 1 Corinthians 10 about like, God will not let you be tempted beyond your strength, but with the temptation, he'll also provide a way of, of, of escape or, or a way out of it that you might be able to endure it. So that's kind of the spirit of what I'm trying to say is, is it's not that God is messing with us or toying with us. He, he just he has to give us challenges or at least allow certain challenges in our life so that we can actually... Uh, rely on him more we're more dependent on him right and we you know if everything is is smooth sailing we kind of god gets kind of lost he kind of we put him on the sidelines it's like i don't really need him when we're really struggling with a temptation and we have to call out uh you know lord save me from this or help me right now that's a really good thing for us um so anyway that's how i would i guess explain it but anyway deliver us from evil that seems fairly self-explanatory Pretty much. Uh, the catechism actually says evil, the evil one, you know, so it's either from evil or the evil one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we want, right, we want God to, you know, prevent us from mortal Does it say sin. the evil one? Uh, well, I, I think, uh, I think I'd have to look back in the catechism, but I think they say in the catechism that it, it, another way of rendering the translation is is actually the evil one, meaning Satan as opposed yes, to just evil. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and what's interesting about to me anyway, this is probably obvious to everybody else. Um, but my senior thesis, I did it on on um, the evolution of Satan through Old Testament and New Testament, mm. 
Ooh. And um, that's and then post New Testament times and and okay. how devil is perceived and Satan is perceived. But at the time that Jesus is talking, um, Satan was just uh, a son of God that was. Um, you know, testing people to make sure that they were worthy of God's love. That he wasn't seen as something that was, you know, he wasn't seen as evil until Jesus says that he's evil. Hmm, Which is interesting. You didn't know that? I knew something that you didn't. You, you did. I, I know this. This is rare, but it does happen. It but, doesn't. I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. But like in Job, when, when in Job, when it's talking about Satan's, right? Oh, know, that's right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and and Satan's having conversations with God, and it's all cool, and it's it's like right. he's he he was seen by the the Jewish faith as somebody who's defending the faith because he didn't want anybody unworthy. Um, in, in so front he wasn't of God. seen as an evil or a demonic. Figure, or evil figure. No, he wasn't seen as evil. It's like uh, when, well, when. What about in Genesis when when he tempts Adam? So that's a part of it too. He's tempting them to see if they're right worthy. That's that's how it. That's how the Jewish faith would interpret that. They wouldn't okay. see Satan okay. as, you know, this this evil with horns. Right. Blah blah blah. We can talk about right. Satan someday. Um, okay. I, I don't mean to go out, but that's that's really intriguing because this is the pivotal point when Satan starts like. We, we, we see the fullness of God in Jesus, and then Jesus shows us the fullness of Satan, which is, you know, not a, mm. not a great guy. No, no. And if we do stick with the deliver us from evil language, you know, obviously the greatest evil we can face would be hell or eternal right. separation from God. So we're, you know, we are asking that God deliver us from, from that evil, from that greatest of evils, but also from any, yeah, any mortal sin or even venial sin, so anything that is like contrary to God's, you know, kingdom again, or um, anything that's going to be harmful. I guess we could say, too, evils in the sense of maybe harmful things that harm us, maybe like, um, you know, certain diseases or natural disasters, you know, deliver us maybe from some of some of those things, too. But mostly I think it has to do with um, with sin and moral, moral evil and spiritual evil. Um, yeah. I agree. Well, all right. I think that's all I have. Okay. Good. Well, I think we gave some gave people something to think about. Um, we're, we're done? What about for thine is the kingdom of the... We don't, we don't have to worry about that? That well, was just a tag? That's a, a tagline? Tag. It's a tagline. Yeah, that's not part <laughs> of the original. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I was like, yeah, we got more to go here. This is going to take <laughs> nope, a while. We're all done. <laughs> Except That's, you have a, you have a product that you want to. Oh my goodness! Wanna... If anybody has lasted this long, <laughs> and God bless you if you have. Amen. That's just fantastic. Actually, this was a pretty interesting discussion, Father. I was, I you're I, skeptical. I was a skeptical. I was a little skeptical at the beginning, but I I think that this was. Um, th- you were a hundred percent correct, and I was a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> oh no, Jim. Well, I'm maybe sorry. I was eighty percent wrong. Yeah, eighty percent, maybe. <laughs> But just think now, everybody who's heard this podcast, they will never pray the Our Father quite the same. Again, they'll think about it more. That's a good thing. Well, and again, you know, like we said at the beginning, this is Christ is trying to set this up in a way that we can be in relationship. Right. Right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things, you can take all of these things and say, say these things. 
uh, most of them, not all of them, but you could say a lot of these things to your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, it, it, help feed me and take care mm-hmm. of me and don't let me screw up. I say that to Jen all the time. <laughs> don't let me screw up. Right. And she's really good. She's not, you know, she's not a miracle worker by any <laughs> means, but it's, you know, it's so, but that's all based on relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. this is exactly and what you guys need to forgive each other. We need like to forgive each other, and and it's it's you know th- that's. Do you what, say to her, Jen, your will be done? Do you say that to all her? the time, oh, every okay. day? What do you want to do? And that's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I know. What do you want to do? And then I'll tell her, and she's like, well, it's like, all right, let's just do what you want. Does do. she like when? I assume she's listening to our podcast. Does she like it when we t- when we refer to her and she gets to be part of it? She loves it. She's okay. hope no. She, I think she listened to uh, the ghost episode. <laughs> okay. And then okay. she thought that she liked the story about the EMF detector. She thinks. It's oh so right. yeah, we gotta send people to that one. Well, yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, that's uh, that's one of our more popular episodes. <laughs> right. Which is weird, but you know that's all right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so my point, you know, uh, Jesus absolutely wants us to be in relationship with God and if it's our father Jesus is is logically telling us that um, he is our brother which is Mm -hmm. crazy to think it is it is yeah so anyway um, we we got this covered with only 50 minutes (laughs) so All right. So I have a few things I was going to pitch, but I'm going to pitch this one. Uh, I'm going to save the other ones for episodes that aren't nearly as long. Um, (laughs) But if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you know what? This podcast kind of sucks. I would. We can can use that word in a podcast? Sucks? I think so. Podcast? All right. That's a little stronger than crap. That's it. Stinks. This yeah, this stinks. this podcast stinks. If you are of that, <laughs> Father Rob's mom. This is directly to you. If you're tired of listening to your son ramble on, or you like what your son's saying and his friend sounds like an idiot, um, there's a podcast that I've been listening to for a few years or a couple years anyway. Um, and it's uh, a Catholic apologist that's put this together, and it's Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World. It's Jimmy and then A-K-I-N, apostrophe S, Mysterious World. And um, the he and um, uh, his co-host, um, and I'm forgetting, is it's uh, Domenico Bettinelli. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's Irish. Um <laughs> <laughs> but they will take a look at all the weird stuff that people want to talk about, like Bigfoot or, mm-hmm. you know, UFOs or, you know, whatever. They have a whole list of stuff and they'll take a look at it through the lens of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So they'll just be like, you know, they'll, they'll, and, and, and Jimmy Aiken's a pretty good apologist. I, he I, is. I really like what he says. He, I mean, I saw a picture of him and I was like, oh my gosh, if I ran into you the street, I would run away screaming because he looks crazy. But 
he's really, really smart. He's a great apologist. And then he'll take a look at these things with a really open, objective mind. And like, all right, let's talk about Bigfoot. And here's the things that we know about Bigfoot. And here are the facts. And here's the stuff that we heard is true, but is not true. And then Don will come on and be like, so how does our faith apply to this? And, you know, nine times out of ten, it'll be like, it doesn't. Not really. <laughs> but then so it's always through the lens of the Catholic faith. So I Ooh. love this podcast. Excellent. Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World. Um, if you're bored with us, uh, go find it. I was just going to say, I don't know, should we be pitching other people's podcasts? Oh, I absolutely we, they think might, so. They might you know, defect and not listen to us anymore when they realize that these other guys are so much better. I am a firm believer, Father, in a rising tide raises all boats. Oh, that's a beautiful. beautiful Thank you. I didn't, I didn't invent it. But uh, yeah. I like to live by it. Excellent. All right. How about a well, prayer, Father? I mean, when we just walk through it, we walk through it. 50-minute prayer, but... I know. Should we just say the Our Father together? Why don't we do that? Let's say that together as a concluding prayer. Let's do it right. together. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Do you want me to actually say it out loud together, or if I'm sure. going to pray silently? let's... Because then, then we're showing people that it's, uh, <laughs> it's a prayer of unity and communion. All right. So, yeah, let's say it together. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, come thy, thy will be done, done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And may Almighty God bless all of our listeners, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jim. Well, this is the end of a To Our Gathered Catholic podcast. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Take care.